Greetings, travelers. The following episode's guest had some technical difficulties. We also discuss a few unsettling topics. Listener discretion is advised. I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Oh, my gosh. We are... Uh, Nightmare we are November. Nightmare November is continuing. Yes, Halloween part two, as far as we consider it. Uh, we're just having fun, staying with the spooky themes. We had so much to fill uh, for Halloween season. We're just letting it spill over, just because... So much village. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that and I wanted to use the word nightmare, which went with November. So that worked out yeah, well. Yeah, it, it matched. It matched. It has that same cadence and everything. So, uh, my goodness. But uh, yeah, we are into deep fall uh, and even twisting into winter a little bit now. So, it's, don't it's, say words like that. You're, oh, you're well, snow right. upon our mountains, Mark. We've what are you doing? Snows. Yeah, say so there have been some snows nearby. So, it's it's definitely it's that time. Since it's a little chilly and all that, but I still want to keep the, the nightmare going. I brought us an old friend of the show and a great a great friend of mine. One of the, I would say one of the premier psychics and paranormal world person that I know dearly. And that is our guest today. And that is the great Dr. Phyllis Cesar. Hi, hi, Phyllis. How are you? Hi, Mark. Erica, I'm doing great. Yeah. I feel it's wonderful to meet you. Mark gushes about you all the time. So I'm in a constant state of having to deal with him being a fanboy over guests. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because I feel the same thing about him. I was so excited when he was at my event, you know, so the feeling is mutual. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That is wonderful. So Phyllis, for everyone out there that maybe doesn't know you, who are you? What do you do? Well, I am a psychic. Um, I communicate with um, people of past, animals, uh, angels, and aliens. And um, I work a lot with people who've been abducted or experiencers who have had a lot of issues. I uh, also Bigfoot hunt, and uh, I was leading a ghost tour in town. So I do a little bit of everything. Oh wow! Yeah, you 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 literally cover the gamut, which yeah. is the show. Wow! So, so yeah, <laughs> the only thing that you're missing is potentially impersonating a Men in Black, but maybe that's something you do on the side. You just don't talk about. I don't know. I don't know. Every time I hear a helicopter flying over my house, I kind of get nervous. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, there were several over my house today, which made me really nervous. I wasn't sure what that was about. <laughs> So, well, it's wonderful. When did you begin your journey into this or what propelled you into this journey? Well, our whole family always said we had ESP amongst each other. And um, it was basically my mom, my dad, my sister, and myself. My dad kind of talked a lot about Edgar Casey when I was younger. And I always felt different. But, you know, a lot of kids, they feel different, like they don't belong. But I really felt like I didn't belong. And uh, we had a family ghost story about how one of our relatives was contacted by a deceased friend through a clock that we like to tell that story. Well, in 1983, my mom died on Christmas Eve and she lived with us. So 
it was a rough holiday season, but in January, I decided to clean out a room and take, by this time, I was divorced with children, and I was going to let each kid have their own room now. And I put her alarm clock in the living room or the den outside my bedroom. And that night, I had this dream, but it wasn't a dream, if you know what I mean. I was standing in a void. I was had mist swirling all around my feet. And this almost scary voice says, you have psychic powers. And I said, no, I don't. And said, yes, you did. And I argued back and forth. And I said, fine, I have psychic powers. And then all of a sudden, faceless people came, started popping up. And I was running up to every single one and going, I'm psychic, I'm psychic. And then I heard this horrible, horrible sound. And I woke up and I still heard the sound. And when I kind of came to, I realized it was my mother's alarm clock going off. So I went into the den to turn it off and it wasn't even on. And then I said, oh, that was my mom. And it was one minute to 4 a.m. And even if it was plugged, you know, on, the alarm was set to go off at 8 a.m. So that was when, when I was 33. But wow. at that time, I had a lot of Christian friends who told me it was the devil and to stay away from it. So to be honest, once I turned 60 and I didn't care what people thought about me, I really started doing a lot more about it. I moved to Florida when I was 40 and um, just got involved with a lot of people in the paranormal field. And at that point, I just uh, I went from being nervous about telling people stuff to wanting to help everybody I could see. Oh, that is awesome, though. And I'm glad you were able to make and find your people. We talk about that a lot on the show because I think that um, people can get mislabeled as um, crazy or, like you said, it's the devil, whatever, and they're they're not actually listening to what's in front of them. Instead, they're listening to other people tell them what they're thinking or what they know, which is never a good thing. Well, when I uh, worked for the hospital, everybody knew what I did. And you'd be amazed at how many people, even the doctors, would take me on the side and tell me their experiences. So even though they might look at you like, oh, there's crazy Phyllis, they all had their stories that they wanted to share with me when no one else was around. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. We need to normalize the weird. That's what I've decided. Mark, we need to make that a campaign. Yeah, yeah, that, that's Surprising the weird. Yeah. So, um, but that's an amazing origin story. So Mark did mention to me that they do a great job of portraying you. Um, <laughs> hopefully you can hear the sarcasm in my great, voice. Great, great um, job with, with lots of sarcasm. Yeah. Yes. That's lots of sarcasm. Um, but uh, they do a great job of portraying you on the TV shows because you're a damsel in distress from what I understand that <laughs> runs out of room screaming. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, am I allowed to say the show? I was on. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was contacted by Haunted Hospitals, which was a travel channel show out of Canada. And somehow or other, they heard about my experiences while working at the hospital. So they wanted to interview me. So they flew me up to uh, Niagara Falls, New York. It was on March, a couple of years back. And they interviewed me, asked me a lot of questions and had me describe all my stories. Well, um, they definitely elaborated and made things happen that didn't really happen. And I swear, they must have spliced some things I said because 
I was listening to it and I would say something and I go, I said that, <laughs> you know, it's like, I wouldn't have said that. Like yeah. one is, I knew it wasn't human. It's like, why would I say that? But, you know, they got to kind of throw in that the darkness into it. And luckily they didn't tell anybody I was a psychic. They just said that I worked at the hospital because the person portraying me was like you say, like, you know, like, kind of like screaming and crying and, oh, what do you want? Leave me alone. And I wasn't like that at all. It's like I was inviting them to come talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, what's interesting is that I, just from other experiences I've had, too, you have to be careful about exactly what you, you say when being interviewed because they take little pieces and then we'll splice the sound together. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't like mallard ducks. And you're like, how that? I didn't even say that. Where? When did I say yeah. mallard? And when did I say duck? You know, it's weird. That's that whole Jeff Wamsley at the um, Mothman Museum. Yeah, they got him to say all these things. And he's like, and then one of those, one of the things he said in the, you know, in to me was he said, well, you know, what I was saying was how people like to say that Mothman is evil, but he isn't evil. And what they cut was Mothman is evil. That's Aww. that's all they got from his that was what they got from his interview. So I, I know how that goes. You know, yeah, well, Hollywood I, versus reality. I do know they gave me a list of things to say. Oh, these are the things we might play as we're going into a break. So here's some lines to say. And so I, so they did a little bit with that too. Mm. But um, so um, I talked about stuff where security would come and get me every time there was activity up in the operating area and about um, things being thrown and, and seeing orbs. An orb flew actually right past me between me and my computer from the room where we usually kept the people who had just passed, all sorts of things. But they just spliced it all together. They made it where this man, dead man, was on a gurney, and he sat up, and I'm yelling at him to leave, to get out, and all of a sudden he turns into an orb and floats away. And I'm going, that didn't happen. <laughs> so <laughs> it was all disappointing. Oh, well, you know, it's me and Mark often say that um, they don't do a really good job on the TV shows because they need ratings exactly. and they need it to look exciting and they need it to be even worse than the last time they did it. And they don't realize that that's not quite how it works, that even if they happen to be showing you real footage with no unaltered things or whatever, it took them a week to get 30 minutes of footage to show somebody on a TV show, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I did notice. Um, I say that to a lot of people in some ways. Ghost hunting is boring. And that uh, if they put the true ghost hunting on TV, nobody would watch it. You know? <laughs> and they and it always has to be demonic. And um, to be honest, um, crazy about my background, I'm an actually born again Christian minister. And people say, how can you be psychic and be that? And it's like, I'll tell you someday. Um, I had a long talk with God about it. Well, anyway, um, that I never deal with demonic stuff. Everything I run into is just dead people. Mm. And people say, oh, I'm so afraid. I said, of what? If they were good in life, they're not going to be good and uh, bad in death. You know, what? Yeah. what, what is it? It's always fear. So I try and educate people that, um, you know, stop watching TV and thinking everything is demonic and everything's going to come and kill you in the night. Yeah, well, I don't think the Warrens helped with that very much. So yeah, yeah they were they were very much everything was demons. But uh, you've had some other experiences, you know, some personal experiences at your house. You were telling me. Oh yes. So, yeah. So okay. let's tell me some of those. 
Okay, I had my house built so um, in 93. So there was nothing here before I had my house built. Our town is known for having a lot of uh, Indian burial grounds and activities, so that could be part of it. So it was actually after Hurricane Charlie hit and everything was all in disarray and we were rebuilding um, rooms and doing things. And um, I had a fiance who had a lot of ghost experiences growing up in Illinois. And so he was into ghosts and aliens and everything else himself. Well, he told me um, one time he was sitting in the kitchen and what looked like a leprechaun walked right through the glass door, right past him and scurried behind the refrigerator. And I thought that that was an imprint. Well, an imprint is something that it doesn't interact. It just keeps going over and over again, like a, like a, a repeat on repeat, because he saw it twice. But then mm -hmm. one day he was in the bedroom putting the mail down on the foot of the bed and this leprechaun was standing there and saw him and got frightened and ran through a, a wall and he never saw him again. So, and um, he was, an, um, Stan was an older gentleman. He wasn't some young guy on drugs, you know, making yeah. up stories. You know, he, he was a serious <laughs> man. But um I was watching a TV about dowsing with my sister and I was showing her how to use dowsing rods and we were sitting in the living room and the show was over and we got up and there were my shoes stacked in the middle of the hallway facing the front door. Now where we were sitting, we would have seen somebody put them there if somebody did it, but all of a sudden they disappeared there. So we just thought it was kind of funny and laughed it off. Well, a couple of days later, I was in my room I left my room, bedroom, went back into my room, left again, and there were the shoes again stacked, but touching the front door this time. So that, that was kind of crazy. So that was in um, the spring. Well, I worked the midnight shift at the hospital, and it happened to be Halloween. So the next morning, I come home, and I open the door, and there's my shoes waiting for me, stacked right in front of the door. So, wow. uh, yeah. Um, one time... I was watching TV in my room and I put the remote control down on the pillow and I went into the other room to talk to Stan. And when I came back, the remote was gone. Well, I have blonde senior moments. So I thought, well, what did I do with it? So I went back to him and I said, did I bring the remote in here? And he said, no. I said, well, it's missing. And so I go back in the bedroom and I'm looking around and I pick up my pillow and there's something inside the pillowcase. And when I reached in, the remote control was inside the pillowcase. So, and the way I had set it down, it couldn't have just slipped in there. You know, the pillow was flat and this was on top of it. And again, I never thought about ghosts. I just thought it was peculiar. And um, another time the faucet in the kitchen has, was missing a piece when I came home from work and I was going crazy looking for it. And then I started telling myself that it was never there to begin with. And then the next morning when I went in the kitchen to make coffee, there it was back on the faucet. Um, after Stan died, I spent a lot of time in the living room sleeping. And um, I took off all my jewelry and I put it down on a table. And a little bit, I thought to myself, you know, you're lazy. Go pick up your jewelry and put it away. And when I went there, one of the earrings was missing. And I looked everywhere. I could not find it. So I just kind of shrugged my shoulder. And then that night when I went to go to sleep, I picked up the pillow and the earring was underneath the pillow. So whoever it is, fairy, ghost, or alien, they like to take my stuff and hide them. 
Yeah, I was going to say that screams fate to me all over the yeah. place is what yeah. this screams is, you know, not that a, it couldn't be a spirit, but I feel like um, a fae has gotten into the home. Yeah. And around. I think that the scariest one, it didn't happen to me. It happened to Stan. He was in the den and um, we had a small poodle at the time. And the dog liked to be up in the windowsill looking out at what was going on outside. And Stan got up to go get a drink of water. And the dog followed him and stopped dead in the middle of the hallway and lay down belly up and wouldn't go any further. And as he stepped into the living room, he was surrounded in perfume. Now, I don't wear perfume. And but so he's looking for a room freshener or something, and there's nothing to be seen. He called the dog. The dog wouldn't budge. So he went and he got his water. And when he got back to that spot, the smell was completely gone. So he thought that was weird. So he gets in the room. The dog's up in the windowsill. And he says, hey, you with a sweet smelling perfume, why don't you come in here? The dog jumps off the windowsill, gets on the floor, faces the bedroom door and starts to growl. So he calls the dog back and says, uh, calms him down. The dog's up in the window and he does it again. Hey, you come on in here. And the dog jumped off the bed, faced the bedroom door and started growling again. Happened three times. So then Stan finally decided, ah, I guess I won't be doing this anymore. <laughs> so he doesn't know what it was, but the dog could sense it and would not let it in the bedroom. Wow. Yeah. So that was the scariest thing. But most of the stuff that happens here, it's kind of funny. <laughs> To me, anyway. Yeah. Do you know if your house is on any ley lines? I never checked into it. I just know that our county has a lot of stuff going on, so I'm just assuming, you know, yeah, my, my area. I'm very yeah. close to the water. Yeah, and, that's that's the area near with our Punta Gorda turtle and the Mayaka skunk ape yeah. and all that that whole area south of Tampa Bay and you know is it, the Southwest Florida coast is yeah got a lot yeah. It's like a guy who wrote a few books about that, I know. So, yeah. I wonder <laughs> yeah. who that is. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, Mark, we're not even through the first half of this show and you're already shamelessly promoting yourself. What the heck? Yeah, plug those sponsors. So, all right. Uh, especially when I'm one of them. Uh, but, also, uh, no, uh, we but, have a uh, lot of UFO sightings in town, too, believe yeah. me. I've yeah. seen two, but oh, a lot seem to go over our harbor, hang out over the harbor late at night. Yeah. That harbor is definitely a hot spot. Uh, Port Charlotte, right? Yeah. 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 That's that's got a lot of history there. So. so you started this journey when you were 33 completely, right? Like Yeah, when I when off. I accepted that, yeah, yeah, there was something going on. So and you you've done ghost tours and stuff. I mean, I don't I actually agree with you. I don't think most spirits um, I don't think there's an inherent evil, but it's similar with humans, right? There's not an inherent evil to most people. There, there's a small percentage of us that unfortunately fall in that category. But what is what is the um, weirdest experience that you've had as far as interacting with ghosts or spirits or lingering peeps? Because I agree with you on the repeat. There are the repeat ghosts. And then I think there are ghosts that are kind of stuck to objects or places Meaning they're not necessarily repeat, but they seem to be like, I was in charge of watching this house. So I'm going to watch this house or they're lost, right? They don't know what happened because these are my feelings, not things. But what has been a, a weird experience for you? Something that you weren't, besides your um, apparent fae that you've let live in your house. which <laughs> I, <will> guess, <laughs> um, I don't know. 
The only thing that I would say is when I've done some investigations, I've actually let ghosts speak through me. And it's happened like three times. And um, the first time I was, uh, I used to ghost hunt using technical equipment and I was all scientific. I never used any of my psychic abilities. So this was the first investigation I did where I decided to do it all psychic and not bring any of my equipment with me. And we were at the opera house in Arcadia. Oh. And um, the opera house had had many different things happen there. And all of a sudden, a woman who had been raped and left for dead started speaking through me. And it was uh, highly emotional because I was describing, not in graphic detail, but I was describing what happened to her. And then someone had a spirit box there and they would ask questions and stuff would um, come through on the spirit box too. Like they would say, were you raped? And on the spirit box, the word rape would come out very clearly. So that kind of blew my mind. Well, we were in this back room, my daughter, a friend and I, and all of a sudden a man started talking to me about a little girl who fell out of the window and died and that God hated him and he couldn't go to heaven. And I'm talking as on this man and my daughter and friend were asking me all sorts of questions and he genuinely thought that God hated him because he let this child die. And I thought, oh, this is weird. This is an opera house. What is this all about? Well, when we were done, the caretaker of the museum said, oh, by the way, in that back room, uh, for a while, this was an orphanage and a little girl fell out the window to her death. And people oh. to this day say that they can see the little girl in the window when they're driving down the street. So, of course, I was <laughs> overacting. And, oh, my gosh, I must really be psychic, you know, because I had no clue about it. And I'm thinking, boy, you know, why am I all of a sudden talking like I'm some guy where a kid died? But he actually spoke through to me. And then the third time we were doing an investigation at Crowley Nature Park. That's where we skunk ape hunt, ghost hunt, and everything else. And um, a young girl spoke through me. And what was weird is that uh, when they asked her name before I spoke it, a friend of mine heard the name in their head first before I said it. And then the same thing where they asked her age. Another friend heard the age clear as a bell in their head before I said it. So to me, that proves, you know, sometimes people say, oh, you're making it up, you're being dramatic. And it's like, well, how could I make that up if other people heard the same stuff? Exactly. So, yeah. so that, you know. I was gonna say that I don't, I don't think it's made up. You also have to channel what these, or I'm using the word channel, but what is being told to you because, you know, the, and I know Mark's had similar experiences to me, but just because what we're we're um, experiencing, so I'm going to use that because it's not necessarily seeing, feeling, hearing, but experiencing that is indicating these things to us and to people is also what these other things are doing. Not we're not we don't like we're not like back checking them. Like you're not yeah. back checking that the guy says some little girl fell out a window. It's not like you can go. I'm sorry, dude. Show me the newspaper. I mean, it's yeah, right. <laughs> that way. So. It's not being dramatic necessarily if the other entity is communicating that way to you. And I think a lot of people, it's kind of like I, I jokingly and um, say this thing, which is I call ghosts um, sort of epic cosplayers, you know, the people that dress up in costume. 
because I think spirits are ageless. Like you don't have necessarily a little girl spirit. You have a spirit that was a little girl possibly at one point in time upon their last demise, right? But if spirits are eternal, however you view those things, you know, the ghosts are kind of cosplaying as whatever they were previously, right? And right. they're experiencing whatever they did previously. So you also have their interpretation of what happened to them that they're communicating however you want to say that, right? So I think the moment somebody goes, well, that can't be, or, well, I'm sorry, I'm not, you let yeah. me know when you can fact check the ghost in the other room. Yeah. I, I did try and uh, Google the name that she gave. And I found names similar, but not exactly it. But um, yeah, we're talking about like like fat check, fat. I can't even say it. Fact checking. <laughs> <laughs> um, my sister. Uh, well, my whole family's psychic. My sister actually physically sees ghosts. They look like they'll be standing in front of her, talking to her like a human being, and all of a sudden they'll just fade away. My daughter's empathic. My son has premonitions, and uh, my sister um, would. Um, hear things but she was able to describe things to a t because she would actually see the ghost mm. so uh it was easier to describe that person they knew that she really saw them now um with me as a psychic when i'm doing readings i don't do anything generic i always like i'll give you a couple examples this one girl her mom came through so mom says, oh, tell my daughter I love her. I'm proud of her. And, uh, you know, and so I'm arguing with her and I'm to the mother in my head. I'm going, no, I'm not saying that. And it's like, well, why not? I said, because a fake can say that. Prove yeah. to me you're really her mother. So mom says, all right, say the word bunnies. And I'm going, really? So I said, your mom is here. And she's all excited. She says, what'd she say? I go, bunnies. And the girl looks at me as if I've lost my mind. And she's kind of like, you could see searching, well, why would mom say bunnies? And she starts to say about having a rabbit when she was a teenager. And while she's saying that, mom is saying bunnies, bunnies, bunnies. So I say, no, not rabbit, bunnies. And the girl goes, oh my gosh, last night I went to the store and I bought new pajamas. They're covered in bunnies with a bunny hood. And I slept in them last night. Wow. So Yeah. So to me, that proof that something came through. Yeah. And then a man, um, I was giving him a reading and mom came through and she says, you know, tell him I love him. But, and it's like, no. And I said, give me something specific. And he's, she says, ask him about the frog. So I look at him. I said, your mom's here. He goes, oh, yeah, what you have to say? She said, what about the frog? And he starts laughing. That day they were out in their boat out in the Gulf and there's a frog on the boat and he was jumping around and they're afraid he was going to jump in the water and get eaten or drown or whatever so they're trying to catch him and save him and it was like a comedy routine they're falling over each other and they go to grab and just as they go the frog would jump the other way and they had this whole crazy morning chasing this silly frog but mom saw it and acknowledged she saw it so when i'm doing reading those are the things you're saying about people you know when they die and stuff i had one lady and i this one woman kept saying she was her aunt and this girl saying, I don't have an aunt. I don't have an aunt. I don't have my friend of my mother's. And then all of a sudden she goes, oh, my mom's twin sister died at birth. So mm. so here she died as an infant, but had considered herself like still at her growing along at her mother's age. Wow. And yeah. So wow. um, 
And okay, the- I have so many more questions that have popped into my brain, but we have to take a quick break. So we will be right back with Erie Travels. Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeard.com. Erie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Okay, we're, we're back. back. Yes. I, I jinx. I got you. <laughs> you, know, you owe me a Coke. Oh, oh, goes. So, okay. I had a question, which is this. Have you ever run into one of these not pleasant spirits? Something. Oh, yes. Whatever. And I, I actually don't like the term demons on this this podcast. I like I think, negative. Yeah, something yeah there's negative something. And there are things that are, you know, like fear mongers and stuff like that. But I don't like the term demons because that's a very, you know, angels, devils thing versus other belief systems that maybe don't. But um, one of the things is um, I've wondered if you've ever encountered because some of the encounters um, that I've had and that a mark have had. Like I ran into one on a ghost tour. I was doing this ghost tour in Orlando, actually. And they took us like it was the end of the tour. They took us upstairs and they took us up the spiral staircase in this building. And the person was explaining about haunted blah, blah. And I couldn't breathe. Like something was like not choking me, but like I couldn't get air no matter what. And I literally my friend who was with me is like, what and I had to walk back down the stairs and back outside because whatever was in that room was like you're not going to breathe in this room. And it turned out that um, two people had hung themselves in that room. For me, the, my worst experience was actually a deceased person wasn't demonic. I was doing a gallery, and um, I was giving messages to just about everybody in the room. And then um, I was relatively new at it, so. I didn't know some of the rules, I'll say. And so I said, is there anybody here who wants to hear from somebody? And somebody yelled out, I want to hear from my grandfather, George. No, I want to hear from George. Well, also a guy named George appeared to me. Now, he was 
chubby, with glasses, red hair, a beard. He just had a, a, a sickly smile. And he says to me, I want to show you something. And he takes me down the stairs into his basement to show me where he raped and tortured women. And I freaked out and had to stop. And um, I started crying and, you know, we just had to stop the gallery. And I had to pray to Jesus. I used holy water. I was saged the whole bit, cleaned the place out. Now, this wasn't the George she wanted to hear from. She wanted to hear from her grandfather, George, but she wasn't specific. So when you're doing galleries, you have to make sure you ask for specifics because this evil guy was waiting and he saw the perfect opportunity. As somebody said they wanted to hear from a George, boom, this George came in. And uh, it was um, highly emotional for me with that. So that was, um, I say, the worst personal experience as far as something evil, um, but it was human. Now, when I was younger, before I really did a lot with my psychic abilities, I swear I had a demon, I hate to use that word, appear to me in my bedroom. I was, um, I was divorced. I, was, I had a room in the basement. I just had this horrible, horrible energy enter the room, and I felt like it was staring at me, and I could barely move. I finally got enough nerve to flip on the light, run out of the room, I woke up my mother. I told her that I had a nightmare because I didn't want to tell her that there's something demonic in the in the basement. Yeah. And I opened up my Bible to, I think it was a Lord's Prayer, and I put it over my heart, and I slept on the couch the rest of the night. So I don't know what that was. But um, a lot of times I hear that when you're on the right path to where you're supposed to be, you have visitations to try and scare you to stop what you're doing and turn around and go the other way. Then, so I think that was kind of like, well, I had to have been in my, my 20s at that point. I must have been getting close to starting to do more things, and it scared me enough to stop. And then again, I didn't start doing some things till I was in my 30s, and then, you know, 60s when I was in uh, Florida. No, so, that makes, no I, I agree. It makes sense. Um, I want to talk about aliens now. Can we talk okay. about aliens? Because you mentioned aliens. So... What has been your alien experiences or where where do we start with that conversation? Because seeing UFOs, that sort of thing, I'm a firm believer. I saw them when I lived in New Mexico um, out in the desert near the Indian reservations. So, um, but what has been your aliens experience? Okay, well, first of all, going back to my childhood, I kept telling everybody that I was from another planet. I never felt like I was from here. And um, fast forward to living here in Florida, my sister sees a psychic who mainly deals with angels. And instead of angels, all sorts of aliens came to her and had all sorts of messages for my sister. So my sister came home and she told me about it. And to be honest, I was a little bit jealous. I said, wait, I'm the alien, not you. So uh, she introduced me to this woman and I booked a reading. Now, back then, it was $50 for half an hour. And to me, that was quite a bit of money to spend on a psychic. But I said, well, I need to know. And we met at 6.15 and we didn't finish till 10.30 at night. And I was told who I am in the alien realm, what my abilities are, what I'm supposed to be doing here. And that I am um, actually, which people always give a bad rap. I'm from the reptoid race. And act people have actually seen my eyes blink sideways a few times and have, have called me out on it. 
So um, that's what I found out that I, and I have a couple guardians that are like 10 feet tall that can hang around with me. So other psychics have seen them. I never have. I started uh, channeling them and I can speak their language. And I also speak Pleiadian, Lyran, and a couple different insectoid um, dialects. Uh, so I was at the UFO conference in Fort Myers a few years ago, and I was going to talk about what is a starseed. And I figured maybe 10 people would show up for my lecture. Well, there was over 100 people in the room for me to talk about what a starseed is. And um, the Pleiadians came through, and I started speaking in Pleiadian. And at the end, a lot of people are coming up to me and crying and saying they knew the message was for them. And it was the first time they felt justified with who they are and what they were. So that was quite interesting. So as far as seeing an alien, um, I had a, a group where we would uh, sit around and talk about, it was called the UFO dis discussion group. And this woman, Diana, shows up and uh, I was drawn to her. Like, um, I can't explain it, but I was immediately in love with her, not in like uh Romantic love, but I immediately loved her. I wanted to talk to her, but by the when the meeting was over, she just disappeared. So she was on my mind a lot, and I didn't had no way to contact who she was. Well, one day I'm at a metaphysical church in Venice, Florida, and who's in there but her? And she says, "Oh my gosh, it's you!" And she throws her arms around me. She says, "Oh, I'm so happy to see you." I'm so, and it's like you are, because <laughs> I didn't know I made an impression on her. So at the end of the church service, they would always have psychics get up and give readings to people. And they told her that she had to be more friendly and she was too standoffish. And everybody left. She's still in the church and I'm there by her and she's all upset. And I said to her, what's wrong? And she says, well, um, I thought I was a nice, friendly person. I don't know why they said that about me. And I said, well, to be quite honest, um, I feel a wall around you. And I said, if I could, I would reach out and give you a big hug, but there's something there. I can't touch you. And she says, oh, that's because they're protecting me. I said, oh, I understand. So all of a sudden, as I'm standing there, her face changes into what looks like a gray, a wider forehead, the um, pointy chin, the eyes got gigantic. And I'm going to myself under my breath, you're going crazy. You're going crazy. And then I just said, uh, Diana, um, your face is changing. She says, yes, I know. They're showing you what I really look like. And I said, well, you're beautiful. And with that, you could feel the wall drop. We threw each arms around each other, gave a big hug. And she says, you know, their name for you is Beloved. And you've been on their ships many times. I said, yes, I know. So that was my encounter with an alien hybrid. So, um, yeah. And uh, another friend had an encounter with her. And all while they're talking, they're hearing torrential rain and the sky is blue you know sun is out and he said something to her she said oh that's because i'm in the rainforest right now she was in two places at once while they were talking people have asked me if i could call up aliens to show up i called the trifecta we were up at crowley park and there was the bigfoot hunters and then there was the, we did the ghost where that girl spoke through to me but i told them that the pleiadians said that they were going to put on a show that night and I'm thinking, oh, please, please don't make me look like a nutcase. It was kind of cloudy, so I didn't know if it was going to happen. Well, 
as Mark, you know, I don't walk as well as I used to in my old age. And uh, so I stayed at the campfire with a friend and we were trying to get the fire to stay up because it had been drizzly all day. And the rest of the group went out into the woods. Well, the, the clouds part and I turn my neck around and I see the constellation Orion, which I say is my favorite because when I step out my front door in the winter months, it's right there. So it's kind of like home. And uh, then, you know, I kind of turn back around and my friend says, oh, my gosh, what was that? Oh, look, look, look. And by the time I stood up and walked around the, the benches and looked up, it was gone. I said, what did you see? And she says, there's this big orange glowing thing. And it zigzagged up, down, and then took off. Well, I said, oh, I wonder if that was them. Well, with that, a bunch of the people who were out in the woods come running in. We saw a UFO. We saw a UFO. And I said, what do you mean? I said, well, we looked up toward Orion, and there was this big orangey red ball of some sort. And it was doing like acrobatics and then took off. So I just looked at him. I said, you're welcome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So with the aliens hiding in plain sight, which makes perfect sense, really, it does. Um, do you get clarity on why you're here? Like why you're now on Earth and stuff? Yeah, I was told that I'm here to work with people who have been abducted and had bad experiences or people who have been chosen by the space beings for to do um, their missions. Uh, I had a young man that he thought he was going crazy. And um, I got a message that it was actually the aliens were downloading um, information into his brain while he was sleeping, but he was, they were doing it at a too high of a frequency and he was causing nightmares and, and headaches and everything. And once I told him what to do, his whole life changed. And he talks about me on his pod podcast where I saved his life. I said, well, no, I didn't. I just told you what was going on. You saved your own life. And so my mission, which um, someday I wish I actually had a brick and mortar building for people to gather instead of doing it online, is to work with people who feel like they had an experience, whether it was good or bad, and uh, you know, talk about what would happen. I have a friend I met through all of this at the UFO conference, and he's had a lot of experiences with aliens and UFOs. And he gave a lecture at a place I, I was partners in. And um, after he left, the insectoids came to me and told me to, uh, they had a message for him. So I first spoke in reptoid, I mean, I'm sorry, I speak that a lot, in insectoid. And then I told them that they wanted him to be careful in his travels because he had to watch out about a black vehicle. So he says, um, something about i know what you're talking about and uh later on after the uh, event was over we were all having dinner together and he had me tell everybody at the table what i told him he says well now i want to tell you a story he says i was going home after a long uh, lecture somewhere and he was on route 10 or a logging road up that way and it was known that a lot of logging trucks would, you know, come flying around the corners. And you had to be very alert when you're driving on that road because there's a lot of accidents. So he was paying attention. But one of the things that bothered him that there was a pickup truck behind him that was driving a little bit too close to him. 
but uh, he wasn't causing any problems. He just didn't like that the guy was was didn't have a lot of breaking room if he had to. So he says he's driving along, and sure enough, up around a curve, here comes a big logging truck. So he starts to pull over, and as he does, here comes this big black vehicle flying around the truck, heading right for him to hit him head on. And he swerves and gets into the um, side of the road, and the guy behind him was able to get out of the way. And he looked over, and as his vehicle went by, there was nobody driving it. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. I know, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, I just so, got goosebumps. Ooh, Mark knows how I feel about the I don't like that. But what happens a lot of times when you do talk about alien experiences, uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't want you talking about it. So that's why I'm always like, every time I hear hear a helicopter, it's, oh, no, they're coming for me. But I'm in a fly zone, so I know that's not it. But he used to, um, another man, he's in his 90s now that I met, he was MUFON before MUFON was invented up in uh, New Hampshire. He actually um, interviewed Betty and Barney Hill Hall. Oh Hill. wow, nice. Yeah. And um he's still afraid to talk about stuff because he had many times where he was to meet somebody and the person never showed up and was never heard from again. Yeah. So we used to tease him and say, John, come on, you're 90. People will just think you're senile. Tell us your stories. <laughs> but he supposedly has everything documented and somewhere that if anything happens to him, they'll amazingly show up from whoever he sent them to. Uh, we all have our black box files. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, me and Mark are just putting them on the internet now. So yeah, we're just we're just announcing them as a podcast. So yeah. we're announcing it as a podcast, and people can think because Mark brought up debunking a little bit of Men in Black, not Men in Black period, just one little thing of it. Me and Mark apparently have demons on our back from that. That's what we were told. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's fine. I'm like, I hope they pay rent. That's yeah, it's, you know, yeah, that's like, you know, I just, you know, or, you know, as long as they pitch in at dinner, I'm fine with that. So. Yeah, or help us lose weight. That would be, yeah, cool. yeah that would be nice. That, would be that nice. that's what I keep saying. Why aren't you coming down here and healing me of all these issues? You know, I'm I'm 71 now, and uh, I'm looking forward to a hip replacement in January because I want to get back out in those woods and to do a lot more. Yeah, matter of fact, a big, um, Bigfoot hunter. Yeah. Um, my newest thing to do with with um, Bigfoot slash skunk ape is music. And oh. that week that that we were up at Crowley that weekend, a lot of the the park was inaccessible because of flooding because it was rainy season. But there's one area where we were there in uh, the spring and we saw a lot of evidence. I'll say. So everybody else was going to go out into the woods, and I said, "Well, I'm just going to sit here." and see what happens. And I was sitting there and I have a Kalinda, it's a little thumb harp. And um, I can't play any songs on it because it's very hard to tune. And I think I was able to master Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but that's about it. (laughs) And I'm playing it and all of a sudden the whole forest goes silent. There's no wind, there's no trees rustling, there's no birds, squirrels aren't jumping tree to tree. Everything went dead silent. And the skin, the hair on my skin stood up and I go, oh, something's here. And I'm looking around. And I'm going, come out, come out wherever you are. But I didn't see anything. Of course, every tree stump I saw was one, uh, Bigfoot hiding, you know. So I can't say I saw one, but something really bizarre happened. And then within a few minutes or so, my friend showed up and said, hey, what you doing? And without all of a sudden, the birds are chirping and the wind's blowing. 
So I was like in a cone of silence. But uh, talking about personal experiences, I actually communicated with, with the skunk ape. And everything they told me, we could prove. Because as a psychic, that's not proof. That's personal. But if you can con confirm what they tell you, then, you know, you could use it as proof. They had a, a skunk ape hunt going on at Crowley. And my daughter and I went up on a Saturday. We missed the first couple days of it. And they said, come on, we're going to show you where we saw some footprints. So we go up this path where the footprints were. I was a little bit disappointed because they swore they knew where they were, but they didn't mark anything. That's uh. professionalism for you. And <laughs> I get to a certain point and I would start having a panic attack. I said, what is this? So I'd back up, go back by the group, and I'd be fine. I go up to the same area. I'd start to like hyperventilate and feel something like in the air. So I said, okay, something's here. So I look toward the left and I start talking in, well, in Christians, they call it a light language. I just call it a, a language where if something doesn't speak English or America or a language that you can communicate. And all of a sudden, psychically, I saw a man, a woman and child Bigfoot. And the child was frightened. So I said to them, we're of light and love and that we're just curious. We're sorry we're scaring the child. And then the father says, I was tree knocking. And it's like, okay. And then um, something about a gift. So I go back to the group and the, you know, the, the guy who was leading it thought I was a total nutcase at first. But they said, that's funny because the footprints they found the day before were small, medium and large footprints that would fit the family. Um. And that the man says every time he got up to go use the rest, he heard tree knocking. And then they left us a dead <clears throat> rabbit. A dead rabbit. Rabbit. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, but on that note, we're going to wrap up. Uh, oh, okay. Just in case we lose you again. So where can they find you, Phyllis, online? If somebody wants to talk to you and get a reading or, you know, or maybe they're a psychic and wanting to learn and you're self-taught. So maybe, you know, you know where can they yeah. seek out mentorship? Well, my, my email is thedrpan at gmail.com. And if they mention they heard it on the show, I'll give them a discount on the reading. I don't charge a lot as it is, you know, and uh, or they can just look up my name on Facebook and contact me that way. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Phyllis, so much. It's been amazing. This is a whirlwind trip and we're just the tip of the iceberg with you. I know we can talk about yeah. the events you've held. We went to that uh, Southwest uh, Florida Bigfoot conference with you and, um, you know, and Crowley is its whole own episode. We'll be doing that eventually, uh, just because that is an amazing park. But thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank Absolutely. you for having me. It was wonderful yeah. meeting you. Me too. Yeah. And, and we've opened up a whole new world. So for Erica and me, because uh, there were some things there I didn't know. So I'm excited to deep dive into this. But with that, gang, keep watching the skies, listen for snocks. And watch out for those uh, that might be hiding within. And we will see you on the other side. <laughs> <laughs>